Hey everyone and welcome back to The Deep Dish, a space where voices will be amplified, respected, listened to, and where the only requirement is that your belief and actions do not hinder the progression of the disenfranchised. It is my hope that my conversations with these incredible guests will be the sweetest treat in your day. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Deep Dish. I am super, super excited for my next guest. Her name is Darren. Are those your pronouns? Yes, those are my pronouns. <laughs> she's my she's my next guest. And I am going to have to change things around. Similar to Heather, Darren does not like to talk about herself, which is fine. <laughs> so I am going to hype up Darren. So I take Darren's low-flow class at uh, Steel in, in Maine. And I think the... Interesting part is your class was the very first intro to poll that I ever had. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And so I had absolutely no idea of what to expect. However, Darren was so welcoming. And I think the part that I really like about her class and Darren, I tell people, I feel like she's an alien (laughs) because her energy is very mythical, very like mysterious, very grounded. And so I think seeing her, watching her, knowing her, being in her class, um, I've always just wanted to tap into who she is, how uh, she became this way. And so I was like, please be on my podcast. And so she said yes. And so I'm glad to introduce everybody to my very first pole dance teacher, um, Darren. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> How was that for you? Was that as uh, fun as it was for me? That was <laughs> so much fun. That was, I don't think anyone's ever said quite those words, and I liked all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to think of how to describe you, and it's really like, and I and I hope people will get that sense, like you are, it seems like you are a mythical creature. You are just, I mean, even when I read some of your posts and things, I'm like, she is not from this universe because you're not talking about things. You're like, you know, and then just thinking about how the universe actually feels. I'm like, yeah, no one talks like this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but people need to hear it, you know? And so like, I, I get that energy from you and um, what's your zodiac sign? That's what I actually want to know. So it's funny you use the word alien because my rising sign is Aquarius. Oh, okay. okay, I actually have more Aquarius. Aquarius is a stronger placement in my chart than my actual sun sign, which is Sagittarius. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So my, we're, I'm uh, an Aquarius sun and I'm a Sagittarius rising. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's your moon (laughs) sign? Aquarius. Oh my God. I was going to say, if we had similar moon signs, I was just going to be like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But so the way that I like to start this, Darren, is I like to ask people, what was your favorite childhood dessert when you were younger? Oh, my God. I'm going to separate dessert from snack here because I was definitely like a mint chocolate chip fiend, like mint chocolate Mm. chip ice cream. Mm-hmm. ice cream in general i also had such a sweet tooth so like any candy i could get like my hands on was mm. just yeah um but definitely i was into all like the mint combined with the chocolate stuff for whatever reason <laughs> <laughs> what what nostalgic memory comes up for you when you think of your childhood dessert probably the f- fact that ice cream was like the go-to thing to do after like a soccer game so I played soccer so it was like Mm -hmm. we did the soccer we go get ice cream (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Like predictably. So <laughs> that, and you know what? And that makes sense because, like, it's a really interesting segue because you talk about soccer. And then all I think about is legs, right? <laughs> like, you are extremely leggy. Everything that you do really incorporates your legs. So let's talk about, like, so you, how, let's backtrack your pole journey. When did you even get into pole? Like, how did that even happen? I, first of all, I always wanted to dance. Um, when I realized I wanted to dance, I was like, oh my God, I want to dance. But I didn't get the chance to start dancing until I was like 27. Um, a friend of mine, her friend's partner started taking pole classes where, uh, in the town I used to live. And she was like, do you want to try that? And I was like, yeah, like definitely. I just knew I wanted to try it. So mm-hmm. I went into it with no dance experience or anything. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so did you start the, and I don't want to use, I, I'm going to use it, the traditional way of like with the pole that is spinning and learning like tricks and things of that nature? My, that my first teacher started us on static and my first teacher was a professional ballerina. So we oh, learned wow. pole through the lens of basically through the lens of ballet, like with proper posture and everything. And she taught us spin pole, heels pole. Like she eventually she'd let you take more classes, but it was through the ballet and a a yoga lens because she is like a yoga master. So Mm -hmm. it was all about alignment and um, posture and making shapes in those specific ways. Wow. Yeah. First of all, that sounds intense. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of it like as someone who just does, int- I would say I'm like beginner's beginner. And so thinking of the amount of body movement and strength that you need to even do that, I'm like, no, this sounds like it was rigorous. It was. <laughs> and and so like, I think the part of pull that I really enjoy about, even with watching you, is how you have become very fluid, even in your slower movements, how you are able to um, almost really slow your body down. What is that like? How did you learn that? What is that? Because like, I honestly, like most of my, my, my life, I feel like I'm trying to slow down and I can actually watch you allow your body to have a uh, slower movements. I don't really know how to explain it other than like really taking your time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you are doctoring up your videos. You are actually taking the time to section out your body. How did you learn that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I owe it to a few things. It's slowing down is like such a coveted thing in pole and almost to the point where like it's, it's going too far. People think it's always better to go slow than to not, which is not true, but the re- it's getting popular because people are starting to realize that like you can like savor all of your movements and really take your time. And the way I learned this is from choosing teachers who are able to give prompts and sequences in which you can how do I want to put this? You can really like watch yourself unfold slowly 
and put your consciousness, I mean, this is at least what I do, put your consciousness in different, the different parts of your body that are like the parts that are slowing down. So like all Mm -hmm. the, like all, it, it helps too, like all the yoga I've done, like, and really like focusing on each like section of your body. Um, it, it just sort of, it's like, it's like a bringing awareness to like everything. And it almost sounds like I'm hyper-focusing mentally on this, but it it's not actually that. It, what I'm saying is almost kind of contradictory. It's like I'm very aware of like what's going on when I'm moving in my body, but I'm not like actively thinking about it super hard, mm. like mentally, because I think to do that would be very distracting. So it's it's really about like, I think learning sequences and being aware of the parts of your body when you're doing them. And then when you choose to just go flow, trust that your body knows how to open itself up and live in each present moment. I will say I, none of this is really possible for me unless there's music to do it too. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be some musicality there for me for this to occur. And then I just let I just let my body take over when I dance. Yeah. 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 And, and you can see that, like, I mean, it's, it's, you, I think when I'm in class and I love that you brought up prompts. Cause like you have class this week. I, I don't even know if I'm going to class this week. I need to make sure that I'm ready. <laughs> anyway, I know. Right. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, but my question to you is, is that what your prompts, how do you come up with them? Because being in class, a lot of times it, it seems as if they're very relatable to so many people in their lives, especially when you give word prompts. Um, I think in the last class that we were in, it was everybody was dancing with our eyes closed on the floor. And the goal was just to end up in a different space, whether it was a different position or a different place on the floor. Some of us stood still. Some of us actually moved. And it it just was a very calming experience for everybody. Everybody got what they needed. Mm -hmm. And so I always wonder what's your process going through picking prompt? You know, a lot of the prompts I use, I would say half of them, and I'll cite people when I use those, are from teachers I've worked with. Um, Luckily, in like the deep pull world, a lot of these prompts are shared. Um, Half of them that I've written down are ones that I've gone through in class with multiple teachers. They seem to be popular. Like, um, the one that's like dancing with your breath, um, dance with your breath. Um, that one is widely used. Some of them I come up with on my own because I honestly love to come up with like imagery based stuff and wordplay and things like that. Um, and it doesn't feel like a lot of work for me to come up with my own prompts. Like I have a notes app that's like this big with (laughs) all these like prompts. And I will say most of the work is in, um, seeing how they would play out like in my head. I don't just write them down and then try it. Like I try to like really think about what that would look like because Mm -hmm. one piece of advice I've learned from a lot of instructors is your students, if they ask you, what is this prompt prompt for your, your instructor should be able to tell you like what the purpose is. It's not supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, at least in my mind, it's not supposed to be like a weird experiment. Like there's a reason 
for each prompt. So I think that's where the work comes in because coming up with prompts in general, um, besides the ones that have already, you know, been tried and true is not the hard part, but like being like, is this a good idea? Like, is this too much? Is this too emotive? Is this going to reach anyone? Like, I think that's probably where a lot of the work comes in. I think the the interesting part about your prompts is that as simple as it may be, I think the one that um, my very first class, the prompt that you gave us was like, the overall umbrella was like melting and everybody got something that was like either slow and sticky or like something that could melt. I think when it comes to prompts, it really causes me personally to go inward, which is not an opportunity that I get all the time, especially inward in your body. And so like, how important is movement to you in class to how do you get your students comfortable with it? Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot for a first time person, especially with the prompts. I was like, a prompt. Oh <laughs> it's very creative. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I think it helps loosen the person, but how do you, how do you create that type of a space for your students to feel comfortable and um, get in touch with their bodies? Cause essentially that's, you know, you're bridging that. Mm-hmm. I, um, well, I think about it, I start with myself because that type of environment is an ideal and coveted space for me to want to be in if I were a student. And I know how I've felt during prompts that felt good, bad, confusing. Like I felt the spectrum of prompts and their outcomes. So I'm like, okay, these are all the possibilities that might happen with my students. Um, The second thing is I feel very comfortable facilitating an environment where everyone is having different reactions to these prompts. Because one, most of the time, I think that it's a positive response that comes out. If not, it's usually just a, huh, I didn't really get that, but that's okay. Like I, most of the time I don't think like no one's expecting anything like negative to come up, but if something really intense does come up, I do feel like they're, the class is like a safe enough place for every student to understand that it's okay to feel those feelings and feel what comes up and to also like know what they need to do to like either proceed or take a break or whatever, because it's such a forgiving class. Like everyone's going to feel different, you know, like I've had a couple prompts, like make me, you know, like, Ooh, Whoa, that was really emotional. I might need to go in the hall Mm -hmm. for a minute. Like it happens. Um, and when I say, I like, when I say facilitate, I really mean that cause I'm not a therapist and I'm not trying right. to make anyone feel feelings. That's not my job, but I mm-hmm. do know that stuff does come up and I feel like everyone gets the sense that like that just might happen. Uh, that yeah. being said, I don't ever try to make it so that things come up because I don't think right. that that's helpful. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, I think that that would be you know, that's like overly intense. It's a dance class and we're, it's supposed yeah. to be fun. But yeah. the reason why I like prompts is because I think it's a good way to shake off your day and get into your body and to give yourself something to focus on while you dance so that you're not just like obsessing over like technique or something you learned before that you feel like you have to show me or someone else. It's, it's a space for you to just 
adhere to the prompt and also enjoy yourself, warm up the pole and get into your body, which nine times out of 10 is will produce like a nice safe response. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What's your favorite prompt? So I really like prompts with partners, to be honest, I used to hate them. And I know that a lot of the students are like, we don't want to do that because it is intense. But I really, I've learned that I like having like a target to perform for or at or, and I like to be filmed. That's the other prompt is like you film each other with your with your phone. Um, I like to have a visual focus, like a literal one. And mm-hmm. I like to be seen. So I those are my favorite prompts. Um, mm-hmm. And I also really like the word prompts too. Like um, mm-hmm. I went to an intensive last year and the instructor gave me the word uh, chaotic or chaos. And I was like, Ooh. oh my God. And then I remember looking at the recording and be like, that unleashed all this stuff in me that I never <laughs> seen before. So I love those mm-hmm. too. What do you enjoy about teaching low flow? I think that low flow is super hard to find in pole studios. Mm -hmm. Um, It is hard pressed to find low flow classes uh, because the most popular classes are aerials, obviously like aerial tricks, things like that. Mm -hmm. And probably the next popular is like the really fast choreographed, um, what they call Russian exotic. That's Mm -hmm. popular too. But there aren't a lot of classes that give you the opportunity to freestyle and find your own flow. And Mm -hmm. I would much rather see a bunch of people dancing the way they want to dance than leading a synchronized, choreographed thing. Mm -hmm. Not because I think that that's bad. Um, Those classes can be really fun. Like I've, I've Mm -hmm. sometimes when I take them, I'm like, this is awesome. But I, I don't like to teach that stuff. Someone I, I don't remember her name. She posted something like, "You've been being told what to do your whole life. Why do you want to be told what choreo to do? (laughs) Let's do freestyle." (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wish I remember who said that, but I. That's what I like the most about teaching it is people can like choose their adventure. Um, How would you? describe low flow to someone who has never been so low flow typically it is kind of exactly what it means you are lower to the ground you're not doing these like sky high climbing all the way up the pole crazy tricks and everything you're keeping it low you're flowing which to me implies freestyle but in the world of pole that's not necessarily the case flow can just mean silky movements even if it's um choreographed um with or without heels, uh, to me, I don't think it should matter either way because people aren't going to love heels and that's okay. But it's a low, silky style. Um, it's, you know, it's sometimes stripper style. It's sometimes like your own experimental style. But it's it's typically really sensual and it can be it can be fast. People automatically assume slow. I don't think it inherently has to mean slow at all, but a lot right. of low flow people move very in a very buttery, silky, slow way. Yeah, I like it because I think for people who may be scared to try pull, I think it's a really good first door like to it to at least get your hand on the pole to know what it feels like kind of sort of 
but to go at your own pace and then you don't have to wear heels. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was interesting is because I know that you're um, you're doing a workshop soon. In there, they they listed all of your credentials and everything that you do. You're doing uh, it's floor work, and then you're doing some type of therapy certification. What is that? Sort of. It's more of um. I've been in the process of taking courses with people that offer like a sort of. I don't want to say it's like off the like grid or different. It's like it's just somatic training, but they make sure to not yeah. call it therapy because it. Right. It's, it might be therapeutic, but it's not therapy, but it's, um, right. somatic. It's like a somatic sensual healing course. I've already taken one with one of my most favorite people on the planet. I took it a couple summers ago and I'm looking mm-hmm. for more to kind of, um, add more credentials to my list because I take that stuff very seriously. And I, I want to yeah. have like a, a nice background to be able to yeah. offer things to clients. I was talking to my massage therapist about it today, but she was telling me about how it's really about um, listening to your body. And when there, if there is a traumatic experience there, that you kind of target that in movement. And so I was like, oh my God, I want to so talk about how that incorporates to like low flow and pull. As someone who, and you know, my podcast, I talk about how I, even on some of my posts, I talk about how I was a sexual assault survivor and how pole has really helped me um, come in tune to my body and not even realizing that this is something that is a thing, right? (laughs) And so so I was like, I want to hear more about it. So from what you do know, um, can you tell me a little bit and then how you want to incorporate it into what you do? Sure. Like, the way that I kind of came across it first, I, um, when I was in therapy, um, my therapist ended up having a baby. So then I didn't have a therapist anymore, which was good for her yeah. and sad for me. Right. <laughs> but I was taking, like, I was doing EMDR uh, therapy with her, which is, it's like eye movement, desensitization and reintroduction. And it is a form of therapy treatment for PTSD patients. Um, And it kind of does a similar thing where you're going through traumatic memories and you start, it's like a whole complicated thing, so I won't get into it. But when things come up, you kind of go with literally what you're feeling. And it Mm -hmm. was my first introduction into that because she, I started analyzing and she was like, I love hearing what you have to say and we can analyze it later, but I want you to describe how you feel in your body. And I was like, whoa, I never even thought about doing that. So Mm -hmm. this type of therapy helped me a lot. Um, and I started getting interested into, in in anything that like acted similarly where you're accessing your body. And, um, I started taking, um, this somatic sexual healing course with one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite people ever. Her name's Lenore Black. She used to, um, kind of provide this coaching, And it was a similar thing where like you sit with a client, like you use somatics, like um, you can do things like light types of incense and like drinks, like things that get you in your body and in like the present moment with your five senses and let things come up and see how it makes you feel. And again, this is tricky because like things can come up and it can be really heavy, just like it doesn't pull. I realized my interest in this aligned with pull like a lot because it's another 
method of having stuff come up for you physically mm-hmm. through the um through the conduit of dance basically so i would love to try to find a way to incorporate more training in that and combine it with pole and to be able to provide something else through dance that mm-hmm. um helps people process in a way that makes them feel safe um because i think that that is a lot of the time what people are looking for in dance whether or not they know it and i think a lot of the time people want that to be what they're doing when they go to dance class which i would say almost always it can't be the case because it it is just a dance class it can only right. be so cathartic um but mm-hmm. i understand why people want that because i want it and it helps me um yeah. i always loved having therapy to process and then dancing would like get it all out yeah and so like you know talking about how that movement is just so necessary for the body and i think when it when i was talking to my massage therapist about it her name is kay and she i was saying how i felt so stuck in my body and even I was like, yeah, no, I was not, I was not, I, I was a cheerleader. That's the activity that I did in high school. And you said you played soccer. <laughs> and so I'm like, looking at the trajectory from soccer to pole, me it was cheerleading and being like, I just want to feel safe in my body. What's the, when's the safest you feel in your body when you're dancing? Safest I feel. <sighs> You know, it's funny because when I'm dancing, I like, I feel safe like all the time when Mm. I dance. Like it feels so, I I don't want to call it second nature because I have other things that really truly make me feel that way. Um, But like, I don't know, like, especially if I'm like in the comfiest outfit and I've gotten enough rest, like I feel safe dancing like all the time at this point, even Mm. in front of people. Like it, it feels like the place where I'm supposed to be even with tricks. I mean, obviously if you're like learning a new trick, it's like, okay, (laughs) all right, (laughs) Right. this is a little scary, but like Mm -hmm. when I'm moving through like the dance aspect of polar, if I'm doing tricks, I've done a bunch of times, I feel so grounded. It Mm. feels very meditative a lot of the time. It looks that way. Ooh. And I mean, it, it it really does. It looks like you are having this outer body experience that, and that's probably why, why I call you an alien. I'm like, <laughs> where are you? I'm like, where is she right now? Because like, I could tell that you're like, and, and it's, it's captivating, right? Because in a way you're dancing for yourself. I think a lot of people would assume that you're dancing for um, another person. But when I watch you dance, you are literally dancing because you like how you look. How mm-hmm. long did it take for you to get to that? I would say that definitely wasn't the case for the first couple of years that I danced. Mm. Partially because I still felt awkward and weird in my movements. And like pole was so new when I started. I had none of mm. the things I have now and none of the muscle memory. But as soon Mm. as the muscle memory, I would say as soon as I started taking low flow classes that were focused on like really 
specializing your movements and like being able Mm -hmm. to see yourself in the mirror and like giving yourself avenues and things to practice. I started really like, like enjoying the way that I dance. And this is going to sound silly also, but when I finally figured out what I like to wear (laughs) when I pull, I was like, oh, okay. Because the first two to two and a half years of pole clothes I had, I don't wear any of those things anymore. Like it took me Mm -hmm. so long to be like, what do I need to like be Mm -hmm. comfy and to be functional? Like what do I need to like feel good? I I often dress up before I practice because I like to. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. So, okay. So the thing is that what I love about class is that you really do encourage people to watch themselves. Yes. What's the benefit of that? Literally being able to see what your body is doing because you can like, if you look at yourself in the mirror, you can slow yourself down and be like, oh, what am I missing here? Which is not Mm -hmm. always the case. And I will say that sometimes if you get caught up watching too much, you start tightening up your head and your neck and you you start, stop remembering to be free with your mm-hmm. movements, which is also why I encourage to, people to record themselves, but not just like stare at the camera the whole time. Cause that is a habit I'm actually still breaking, but mm. watching yourself, especially if you're like, say you're practicing like a body wave, you can see which parts of your body aren't engaging, which parts aren't super mobile. You can give yourself the answers by being like, Oh, like, I'm not doing it. What if I try this? What if I try that? Like you can really, mm. you can really see the progress and what's in your movements that way. You just have to remember yeah. to stop watching sometimes when you need to dance and, and mm-hmm. shake it off. <laughs> watching myself, I think it's helped with self-confidence, not just in class, mm-hmm. but also outside of class. I think being able to um, recognize when I'm doing things of like, that's hot. Yes. That's sexy. And not, and not like waiting for someone else to affirm that or confirm that. I think it's been really interesting. I think a lot of people typically are waiting for someone to, to confirm or affirm their attractiveness. And I think having watched myself or watching myself, I'm going to be like, you're hot. Yes. And and go about my business. You know, (laughs) you get to confirm that. I, I think it was a couple years ago and I, I've been trying to start like a workshop and a workshop series forever, but I just didn't have, it wasn't the right time. And I, I like the way my timeline works. So, cause I'm doing one, I'm doing one for real soon, but I started making one called subjective alchemy because Mm. I want people to understand that when you dance, you look like the object a lot of the time, which is not a bad thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's a time and place for reasonable objectification. I think mm-hmm. I, there cannot be subjectification without objectification, all that. But you are the subject when you're dancing and you mm-hmm. get to see yourself that way. That was like going to be the center focus of the workshop was mm-hmm. trying to show yourself how it's about, it is about you. And it's about you. If you enjoy being watched by others, that's fine. But you don't need, you don't necessarily need their approval. You get to think whatever you want about yourself. Um, And that to me is one of the best parts about performing 
And it's one of the best ways to be in your body when you're performing because you're meditating on your own time. You have the whole audience instead of the audience mm. having you. Yeah. 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 Cause that's how I feel. I feel like I have my own attention almost. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, I love that. Right. Like, I, when I, after when I go home and I watch, um, some of the videos that I've taken, like even when I put, when I'm putting together my reel of videos, the whole time I'm like, yes, bitch. (laughs) You know, because, because I think, and I'm so proud to share it and I'm proud to tag my teachers, but I, and I think it's just, it's been a community of people really helping and engaging. And then, and even what I said to Heather um, in my episode with her is that the community of people that you have, created in your class is so special and even steel in motion super special like people will be like yeah even if they weren't in that class they're like yes this is amazing (laughs) that is awesome yeah what is it like to get feedback from your students well it makes me want to cry pretty much all the time because it's still kind of new to me to get Mm. feedback from students and sometimes I'll be in class and be like oh my god I'm teaching this is crazy (laughs) like it's I don't know so I that's why I I love feedback also of any kind Mm -hmm. like feedback questions comments you're really good at responding to questions or being like this is what I thought of the prompt which I love like I understand some people don't want to talk during class which I totally get but Mm -hmm. I I love when people like interact and Mm -hmm. want to engage with it um it helps other people figure out how they feel about it too um So like whenever I get any sort of feedback like that specifically, I'm just like, oh my God, it's happening. (laughs) It's so (laughs) nice. It's so nice to have that little community. Right. Special. And and I think what's one of the things that um, even in a previous uh, podcast episode, someone said that sometimes it's been so long that they've been poured into Mm. and that, you know, they just forget how to just allow it to to allow someone to pour into them. And so sometimes, you know, she was, she said that she just would stand and allow someone to just pour because she realized how long it had been, you know? So like, and so I bet that also probably feels really refreshing as well. Um, What made you decide to start teaching? Hmm. Well, you know, (laughs) imposter syndrome is always going to be a thing with me, but (laughs) due to poll, I learned to, to acknowledge what I always need to work on and to silence the things that don't fall under that category. And there's a part of me that is always like, I talk about this with a lot of my friends who are also teachers. Sometimes we're like, we have no idea how good we are, if we're good, whatever. And then I think I was talking about with my friend Hebby, they're also starting to teach. Um, They were like, you know, I, I think that like, if you have a grasp on something in the way that you do, it's fair to offer that to be taught as long as you don't try to teach things that you don't understand or don't know how to do. And to remember that, you know, people who come to your class, it's not, first of all, it's not all about the teacher in this way, but like, they're there to learn from you. If they don't work mm-hmm. with you, maybe they'll go elsewhere, but like they're there to learn what you have to offer. So mm-hmm. you should accept that and stop feeling the imposter syndrome. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so wise. <laughs> and like, 
so important. And, and so most of the time I'm like, I'm just hyped to teach people. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to bring all the things I've learned from some of the best teachers ever to my students because mm-hmm. the, I really feel like the library that I've accumulated is hard to find and hard to come by. And mm-hmm. I got to come by it through luck and chance and like timing and stuff like that. And so that's like, yeah, it's like a huge honor to even be able to teach some things, especially to also remain a student because I still take classes. I still mm-hmm. learn from people like that will never change. Like I'll always be learning from right. people. How would you, how would you describe your, um, teaching style? I want to say that I'm very, I don't want to say open-ended or unstructured because my class does have a structure. Um, mm-hmm. but, and it's like a combination of like, here are your parameters but choose your own adventure within those parameters. Like I like to provide a container for people. You are in the container and that's your parameter. And then I'll give you a guide and that's your guide. But within these, there is room to explore and play because if people don't, I feel like, I mean, safety aside, if you don't play during your poll class, you don't discover things. And I need my students to be able to discover stuff for themselves and be like, mm-hmm. Oh, like if I just move my hand this way, instead of holding the pole here, like, Oh, that works better for me. So I always encourage playfulness during class. Right. I think the thing that you always say to you're like, you have to figure it out for your body. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're like, I can tell you what to do. I can kind of show you, but we were saying, I was like, you are literally all legs. <laughs> so you, <laughs> so you showing us something in class. I'm like, I don't have the extra three feet of legs that you have there. (laughs) And so how long did it take for you to figure out how to move your body? Well, that first teacher that I mentioned, the ballerina, I was lucky to have her because she put the idea in our heads immediately as brand new students that you need to adjust yourself accordingly. Like that Mm. was probably top three most valuable, if not the most valuable thing I learned because we'd all watch her and be like, what? Like, we can't do that. And she'd be like, you're not supposed to do that like me. And we'd be like, oh my God. And so she, and she would also often give us the answer. She came up to me and said, you are very long and pole is always going to be hard for you. And I started like laughing (laughs) because it's like, that was so blunt, but she was right. And then because she said that I was like, okay, well, that means I have to keep that in mind with a lot, especially Mm -hmm. with tricks. So I always keep that in mind when I'm learning. If I'm ever learning tricks from a teacher and I see her like wingspan with her grip is something that looks ridiculous to me, I change it because Mm. as long as I'm safe, like, and I'm not doing anything that might really hurt me, I know I have to change it. And so Mm. I'm lucky that I got it in my head pretty quickly Um, I think if I had not learned that, it probably would have taken me a lot longer to learn a lot of things because it's super confusing to watch your teacher do a trick and be like, I don't look like that though. I'm not shaped like you, like Mm -hmm. you're, you know, and, and I look like this. So how do I, and if your teacher can't at least assist with that, it's, it's kind of a narrow way to teach pole in, in my opinion. But I even love how you said, 
um, oh my goodness. And I wish I could like play it back to read because <laughs> you said it so beautifully. You were like, not only just adjusting, but adjusting it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in life, that's such a, a powerful statement, right? Mm-hmm. Like my walk is not supposed to look like yours. My The way that I dance is not supposed to look like yours. There's supposed to be some uniqueness into what we do. Yes. And um, do you live life that way? I definitely have my own style for everything. <laughs> <laughs> like truly. Um, mm-hmm. I think that part of the reason why I like pole and teaching pole so much is because I I'm reflecting my personal values without pushing them and providing them as like an option. Like your walk might look totally different. I want people to find their own style. I love when people are inspired by others and want to like mimic their movements. Cause of course, like there are dancers that I, I'm not saying I copy them, but like, I'm so inspired by them and I like the way they move and it's similar, but like, I, I love watching people be like, that's not really my style. I'm going to keep doing it this way. Like, I love, I love that. And we need more of that. It's so nice. (laughs) It gives such a badassness to so many things. I think it allows people to be really like firm in who they are. And there's so many, especially women in need of that, of being like, no, you can say no. And it can be no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And you can do what you want to do. And that can be it. I, I know that there are some other things that you're interested in, and it's, tarot card reading Mm -hmm. or that you do and there was something else is it astrology I do like astrology but I'm nerdy about it but it's not something I don't like read like charts or Mm -hmm. anything like that I do um I've been a trained herbalist for a while that was the other thing maybe what is that I've been practicing um herbal medicine since 2014 I think. How'd you get into that, Darren? Um, My mom loves flowers and gardening. I always loved Mm -hmm. plants and flowers. And I happened to go to school in a very hippy-dippy area. Um, But I actually got some formal training because I wanted to make my own um, herbal medicine, which is Mm. super fun. And um, as far as making the medicine goes, it's not all that difficult to do. The knowledge is extensive, um, especially being Mm -hmm. safe with plants and all that. But like, it's something that I use daily to, um, Mm. to upkeep my health. And I, I find it fascinating to work with plants. It's gotten me more in tune with like the food that I eat and the way that I treat myself. Plus I, I'm just, Mm. I, I'm a big planter and I have a ton of indoor plants all over my (laughs) house. You're like, might as well. What's your favorite herbal medicine to make? Um, I like to make, well, I used to really like to make, um, flower essences. Those are a little, they, they really toe the line between practical and kind of woo woo in my opinion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) even as someone who makes them, I'm like, you know, flower essences, but I make a lot of tinctures. Tinctures actually Mm. extract the constituents from plants. And I make a lot of really simple ones from very simple, agreeable plants like rose. I make a lot of rose tincture because rose, you can't go wrong with roses. They're just Mm. delightful to have. Um, Tinctures and um, sometimes I like make my own tea blends, but that that's, you know, it's kind of a (laughs) sort of tedious activity. Yeah. I'm like, that's picking that's picking 
leaves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, like I, I used to forage a lot when I lived near the woods and I would go, really? I actually just went out the other day and gathered a bunch of lilacs and I put, plucked them off the branch, put half of them in brandy and the other half, I have honey soaking over them to make lilac honey, which is delicious. Delicious. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so decadent. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? Yes. I'm like lavender brandy? I'll 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 bring some lilac honey to class. Yeah, but what's the brandy for? So what's the brandy? The lilac lilac? brandy is for I'm actually going to make some flower essence. I have mm. I have a ton of flower essences um left over and to make a blend, I usually infuse brandy with a kind of flavorful, fragrant herb or flower. And mm. then I strain it and add honey after I add the essences in it so that you have like sort of an elixir type of thing. I used to sell them all the time, like when I was more into herbs and less into pole. And then recently I was like, I I miss doing that. I want to. I was like, how do I get some? (laughs) I'll bring you some. I was like, how do I get some? I was like, I love tea. And I was like, oh my gosh, honey. I was like, lavender honey and some tea would sound amazing. I would go straight to sleep. (laughs) How did you get into tarot card reading? Tarot cards, I have to say, like following the herbs and the astrology, it's like a pipeline. Once you get into one of those things, (laughs) other things follow. I'm very practical and discerning. I like don't like to use these things for like to justify anything like, but the, a lot of these things provide again, like a container and that's what tarot mm-hmm. does. Like I've brought out tarot cards before people have been like, I don't believe in fortune telling. And to me, it's not fortune telling at no, all. I would, I would, I would agree with you. Do you like tarot too? I love oh it. Oh my God. I, I was going to, I was going to ask you, I was like, I wonder if she would actually do a tarot card reading on the, on the podcast, but I was like, I don't want to put pressure on you, (laughs) but I was going to, but I was going to ask because for me, it is to me, it's a container. And what I like about, and I was talking to, the reason why I brought it up is because I was talking to my friend who's a pastor. And lately I have so many friends who are talking about their need for healing. They want to heal you know, they're, they're having all these traumatic experiences. They're all Christians. Right. And they all believe in, they all like these, all these different things, tarot cards. They like astrology. They like going to all, but they don't have a safe place to do all of that. Mm -hmm. They don't have a place where they can go and have someone who does not judge them for wanting to have more options in their container. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, I can't wait to talk to Darren about it because I think a lot of people would would say, oh, this is witchcraft or whatever the case may be. They they love to put a, an evangelical twist to a lot of things instead of looking at it for what it is, mm-hmm. right? So I did. I wanted to talk to you about your view on tarot cards and how that what that container is like because I do. I want to educate people on it. Oh my gosh, I love tarot because um, to me, what it does is. It is basically just reorganizing the thoughts you already have in your head. It's giving Mm. them a shape. It's not telling you anything's going to happen or will happen. It's just providing a structure as a new way in which to think the thoughts that you already have or to bring out concerns because they're just cards Mm. with symbols on them and they're vague enough that they can apply to a lot of situations, but they're specific enough that you pick up on the things that matter in them. Mm -hmm. And to me, like 
the only times that like tarot reading has not worked for me is if I try to read in a state of like panic or deep anxiety, because right. I'm no longer like letting my thoughts flow. I'm like panicking and searching for something. But mm-hmm. every other time that I read, it just provides a shape to the thoughts I'm trying to like get through. And it clears a lot of the unnecessary thoughts away. It like brings up right. the things that matter, which I think is mm-hmm. so cool. Right. And I I think they, similar to your prompts, they just tend to hit, right? Ah. And so like, if you're listening to your body, if you're listening to what you need, you're kind of like, oh crap. Yeah. That person that I shouldn't be talking to, I am. And I'm still talking to them in the tarot card. Like the tarot card is definitely (laughs) confirming that I should stop talking to this person. They they do not (laughs) lie at all. (laughs) You know, like it is definitely very clear, but my best friend already said this to me, but I needed to have the tarot cards to confirm it. You know what I mean? So like, there are things that I think people like to put more on than it's deserving. And it's, I think it's really about packaging and how you go about explaining it and going about um, accepting it. Because I think even for me, I love astrology. Love it. Like I bought a book because I plan on reading it cover to cover. And it's just interesting to me, the science behind it all. And so I don't feel bad about liking that. I don't feel bad about- You shouldn't. And the thing that I, and this is what I truly believe. I say, if I I believe in God, I believe that God aligned the stars perfectly for me. So those things, my sun, my moon, my rising, I think I want to know all of that. I love that. I think they were, you know what I mean? I think that they were uh, aligned special the day that we were born. And so why not learn about your personality? See how it applies. See, and so all of these different things, that's how I view it. How do I apply the things that, whether it's Mother Nature, God, whatever you believe in, right, yourself, that makes you up you? And why not just be the badass you and know all about yourself? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It's fun to yeah. go through those descriptors, too. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. And, like, anyone who's actually gotten into it will say the more you get into it, you're like, this is awfully specific. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you could tell people something about tarot card reading, something about, and I'm going to give you the the couple of things that we talked about, poll, because people are so, especially low flow, people are so apprehensive. They're so unwilling to try, right? Um, what advice would you give to people for trying things that are new and or they may be apprehensive about? I think it is always wise to remember that a pole is just a pole and cards, tarot cards are just tarot cards. I'm not saying there isn't magic in these things, but like what people are often really apprehensive about is not it. They know it's how they're going to be with it. Cause that you are the magical part of, mm. of pole dance. You are the one containing the thoughts that you have to accept when you're reading tarot so it's good to acknowledge what you're really apprehensive about is not the act of pole or tarot itself it's what might come up because that's I think that's always what it is like even beyond people having like a hard opinion on these things I think a lot of them are kind of demonized because they're very vulnerable activities Mm -hmm. And I think that type of vulnerability with like 
not a very obvious community to back you up in it is scary to do. Like yeah. these are a lot of these are very loner activities they in are. many communities. Like so to participate in them almost feels like you're ostracizing yourself even by accident. But it's just that yeah. apprehension of like what you're about to do with these the apparatus before you. I think that's really what it is. It's mm. kind of a lot of times it might feel like an uncharted territory, especially emotionally. Yeah. And then yeah. who do you go tell about it if no one likes that you do it? Mm. Which you might not even think about before you start to do it. So it's not conscious. But I really think that like it's because it's such unknown weird territory. I would. I would tell people that like, if they are feeling, I just think it's better to feel adventurous and to go for things. Cause wouldn't you rather know mm. what it's like and give something yeah. a shot? You don't have to keep doing it if you hate it. <laughs> you don't. No. You can be like, I tried it. That was great. Plenty of people try pole. They hate it. <laughs> they hate it. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, you know, there are people who are like, that thing is hard. I'm like, it is. It's very hard. And some people don't enjoy that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even as far as like, cause people will ask me about low flow and I'm like, you know, I don't know what's harder because in your class, I sweat. <laughs> I, I do. I'm like there, I'm like there it's, I don't understand it, but I understand it. I'm like, I am moving slowly. We're playing slow music we are I'm not even really nailing any tricks, but why am I sweating? Yes. <laughs> You're working so hard. And not even realizing mm -hmm. it. Oh, tell me about your mm -hmm. um, workshop that's coming up. Oh, yes. So um, doing a floor workshop because as we at Steel in Motion know, the floors are maybe not the best floors to slide excessively on. We do it anyway <laughs> when we want yeah. to, but... Um, I think the real reason why I'm doing it is because I think floor is a great way to get people into like the sensual realm umbrellaed by pole dance without worrying about the pole thing. And like, no one should get me wrong, like to do floor work, it obviously takes skill and strength and all that stuff, but there's some safety about being on the floor. There's a lot of safety mm -hmm. and like being on your hands and knees or on your back where you can like really key in to your muscles working without worrying about like wearing heels or like gripping the pole or doing a trick or whatever. Um, and I want people to be able to come to this floor workshop and honestly, like it's, it's very, it's going to be very basic flow. It's really just an excuse to let people be in a room, like creating a vibe together and feeling how they want to dance. Like we'll turn the lights down low. It's again, it's always in my mind supposed to be fun and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. I want people, especially people who have never even done pole. Cause I have a couple of people signed up that I've never met and I don't think take pole classes. I want them to like feel the vibe and see if they enjoy it. Because maybe if you like that vibe, you might like to try pole or you might want to do another floor work class. Like I also just think floor work is so fun. It's so fun to have a nice big space to like push yourself off of and roll around and all that. It's such a specific form of expression. It's literally floor work. Yes. So you're like body rolls on the floor mm -hmm. and all the, so 
tell me just a little bit more. What can people expect in class? So definitely body rolls. Definitely. Mm -hmm. We're going to be in, I know you've been in class with me, um, for our leg flares, lots of external mm. and internal rotation of our legs, lots of like slow, smooth transitions in between shapes. My favorite part is it's at um, a yoga studio. I like to go to the Portland yoga project. And so much of what is done on the floor, at least for me, can be linked to yoga poses. It's not done like yeah. yoga, but right. like we're kind of flowing in and out of similar shapes a lot of the time like what mm -hmm. you would do in yoga. Um, so lots of, um, well, might, we might bridge a little bit, lots of hip lifting and lowering. Basically, we're just going to be waving in and out between shapes and breathing. Um, <laughs> I know. What day is this? It's a Thursday. It's June 1st. June 1st. Um, the point, at least for this class, I want us to luxuriate in each movement. Mm. We're going to go through it nice and slow. We will probably be sweating. We'll definitely be sweating. I don't know why I said yeah. <laughs> we always are. Like, I sweat. We always are going to be sweating. <laughs> but, like, it's, to me, like, it's going to be, like, such enjoyable, savory movement. We're not going to, it's mm -hmm. definitely a slow flow. If it's a yoga studio, then the floor is probably like a really nice color. Yes. Nice, smooth, gentle Videos floors. Yes. <laughs> You'll have a nice sensual video in a different environment to have for yourself. Ooh, love it. Yes. I love this. For, I love this for me and all of your students. Um, <laughs> but I, and so my last two questions for you. So one thing that I do sense about you is that you're empathic. Um, and so a lot of that is a lot. <laughs> so, and especially when, um, doing things that may bring up things for other people, right? So these two questions are going to be kind of synchronous. Um, so being empathic, how do you take care of yourself? How do you, um, be, do something that requires some emoting, but not taking on other people's emotions, especially when you're teaching, mm -hmm. because that can be difficult because you are vulnerable in that space when you're teaching. Um, and then also because you do so much, how do you take care of yourself? Okay. So, so those are my two questions for you. I definitely have been practicing working with energetic boundaries for as long as I've been practicing herbal medicine. That's actually where what I mentioned before about flower essences, a lot of flower mm. essence work is about sealing your boundaries mm. um, because a lot of popular flowers that you use in that practice are for that thing. I used to take mm. a little dropper full um, before any social interaction I ever had that would remind me to understand that you can practice a sensitive form of sympathy without being overly empathetic and bleeding your emotions into everyone else and having their emotions bleed back into you. Like mm -hmm. it, it almost gives you a way of focusing on what your, like your auric fields and boundaries would look like if you, if you could see them. And mm -hmm. this is like a weird practice, but I had to do it because there was a long time that I didn't realize I was feeling everyone else's feelings and they weren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I mean, so I'm an empath and like most of them, like, why am I mad right now? <laughs> like life is, life is fine. And I didn't realize for a long time that I was like, 
those aren't my feelings. Those are my friend's feelings. Yeah. I didn't know for yeah. so long. I like, I never like, I don't ever describe myself as an empath because it seems kind of like a frightening reality to be like, oh God, I like, I, I used, <laughs> I, I used to just like shut down. Like my theory is that mm-hmm. a lot of empathic people aren't like super flowery and sweet and soft, like how they're portrayed. They're actually like really not approachable or friendly. I used to wear like a lot of black tourmaline and I still wear a lot of black clothes because I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean? I'm like, pe- people are like, oh, you don't smile outside. I'm like, no, because <laughs> you will think I'm friendly and then you're going to want to talk to me. Yeah. And I don't want to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> you see a stranger approaching you when you're in line at the grocery store and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Please don't. <laughs> not today. I don't have the energy. I do not. I, I rarely have the yeah. energy. It's like why I live mm-hmm. alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But that's, Seriously. That's like how I take care of myself, though. I, I It's not by living alone. I'm really lucky that I get mm-hmm. to live alone. But um, lots of like clearing and cleansing. Lots mm-hmm. of like physical activity is the way that I clear out excess energy from my body tons Mm -hmm. of like quiet and I literally sit in my apartment and chill with my plants and my fish and drink tea and just like zone out I take a ton of baths like I'm constantly clearing (laughs) and cleansing and like getting (laughs) things off and out of me because it's I, I think just like moving energy through me is how I how I would take care of myself and especially Mm. before and after any sort of like interaction, if it's like work, cause my job, I'm like really social or teaching, like having a ritual to clear myself before and after is super helpful. Like Mm -hmm. that's one thing I always recommend for myself and other people is to like have another container and structure in place so that you remember to like contain yourself. It's yeah. really helpful. In all of this, how do you stay grounded? I'm asked one last question. How do you, what grounds you? Hmm. I'm luckily naturally suited to being grounded. Like mm-hmm. I am actually like, I'm very organized. Mm-hmm. That's actually the key for me is I like write down a schedule. I have a calendar. I have reminders for everything. Like I try to keep a schedule because if, because if I didn't, I would not, I, w- I wouldn't be able to get anything done, but I will say it took a while to put those things in place. Um, just having a lot to do and then having honestly something that I'm obsessed with, which is pull that keeps mm-hmm. me grounded. Cause whenever I'm, if I need a reset or whatever, like I can just pull and that's fun. If I need to take out some anger, I can aggressively pull and that's fun. Mm-hmm. If I need to forget about something, it might take me a minute to get on the pole but I will. (laughs) And then I'll be like, Oh, I feel so much better. Like, Mm -hmm. again, like clearing out that excess stuff that kind of takes over my mind or my emotions, like the physical exercise, just, it just cleans me out. And to be fair, Mm -hmm. makes me really tired. And then I pass out when I go to sleep. So it's really (laughs) helpful. Yeah. You're like, this is great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you had any last, um, Words of encouragement for my listeners. Oh, my God. 
I know you said you don't really like open-ended. No, no, I I do. That one that we talked about, like that one actually threw (laughs) me for such a loop. I was ashamed that I couldn't answer it. I was mad. Um, But this one, no, (laughs) this one's good because I was thinking about this a lot. I just like wish for everyone to challenge themselves and try new things. But not only that, I want people to do that and remember that like, currently everything happens so fast. Like everything happens really conveniently these days. Like you can, you can order anything online in a second. You can get a response from anyone in a second. But if you really want to like challenge yourself or get comfortable, give it way more time and way Mm. more chances, unless you know, you hate it. If your body is saying, no, no, this is not good. If there's any part of you that's saying, no, come on, let's keep trying this. Like go with that. Like uh, when I started pole, I did an eight week course. I didn't learn a thing for the first six weeks. I could not do anything like nothing, not anything. Mm-hmm. But, the, and I was getting upset because the girl who I went with, um, she was getting a bunch of stuff down and I was like, what the hell? I was so <laughs> jealous and mad, but like, there was this part of me that was so excited and that like really enjoyed it. And I'm so glad I listened to that because mm-hmm around week six, all of a sudden I was climbing and I, it came out of nowhere and I was listening to like my gut and my intuition. And I want people to like, just be able to trust in the parts themselves that are saying absolutely yes to something. Even if your brain is just like, Oh, I don't know. Like trying to talk you out of it. I want people to, to go for it. Like you can go for it if you want to probably nothing bad will happen. <laughs> absolutely nothing bad probably probably well, we nothing can't promise bad, no. right probably probably nothing bad darren you've been a dream and still an alien to me i love this i, mean, I love being you are i mean you are i mean honestly i don't know how else i was literally trying to find words and it was like ethereal oh my and God. like 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 it was just all of these like a fairy like it was just all of these mythical creatures that i could think of and i was like that's really what she is very it very mythical like it's just it's crazy um it's it's just the energy that you give off it's very light and very free and it's amazing to see and like witness and be and even being a student of yours because i'm like i don't want to be like you like i don't want to be you but you are a representation of where I can be <sighs> in my in my journey. And so it's like when I see certain things, I'm like, oh, that's great. Oh, my God. I love so, yeah. that. I am honored yeah, so to I receive like- this. This is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. And so, yeah, like I think I even said that to um, – to Heather, where I just wasn't coming to class. And she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have money. It's okay. But I love Darren. It's not Darren. I love her class. She's, she is a mythical creature. She's awesome. And she's like, okay, I was just asking you where you were at. So awesome. I'm like, my bad. I, <laughs> I just didn't want you to think. I like this because one of my coworkers at my server job, he describes me like I live in the year 3023. That's what he says. He says yeah. I'm weird and I belong in 3023. And I say, I okay. wouldn't even call you weird. You're just not on this planet. Let's, you're just I like not your description here. better. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, you're like, everybody's in the present and this is not where it's at. And I love, and that's where, and I want to be in 2023. Because <laughs> now is not where it's at either. 
But thank you for being on my podcast. Thank I really enjoyed it. Me. And I hope people listen to you Aww. and go with that hell yes that is screaming at them. The hell yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the hell yes um, that is screaming at them to just do it. Because, you know, I fell in love with Paul. I fell in love with myself, which is biggest gift that I could you know ever imagine and that's because I was able to just do something that brings me joy oh my gosh and then I'm around people who also find joy in it yes. which is like you're like oh my gosh are we all high off of joy <laughs> that's, what the- <laughs> that's what it feels like gosh that makes me like elated I love hearing that <laughs>